it does give you a lot of confidence that you could do certain things that you did not think that you could do at certain times. Dizwins Radio, episode 804, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, today's episode of the show is brought to you by the book, my book, Be Ready on Race Day. Um, it's kind of kind of crazy to think that it's been out for, uh, you know, cl- closing in on two years. We're not quite to the two-year mark of the book yet, but uh, it's been out for, for getting close to a couple years. And uh, if you haven't gotten yourself a copy yet, or if you haven't heard about it yet, here's, here is your opportunity. Uh, BeReadyOnRaceDay.com is the website, and basically the book is all about how to help you write your own training plan. You know, maybe maybe you would like to have a coach. Maybe you would like to have somebody do it for you, but it just doesn't fit in the budget right now. And if that's the case, I get it. But uh, I, I wrote the book to try to help you out and try to help uh, basically lay everything on the table, lay all my cards out there and say, this is this is what I do with the folks that I work with, the folks that, that I coach, the athletes that I, that I uh, am in touch with on a, you know, near daily or multi, multi-times weekly or sometimes just weekly basis, depending on which level they work with me at. But in any event... The book tells you exactly what you need to do to write the program, write the training plan that is going to work best for you from, from, you know, pre training from when you, before you actually officially start training for your race all the way up to and through the race to the recovery guidelines and all that good stuff. Um, and you know, I get it if you can't, you know, afford a course, a coach, like I said, but hopefully, you know, 10, 15 bucks for a book, like that might be a little bit more in your wheelhouse. So if it is, if it's something you want to check out, like I said, be ready on com is the website. There's some sample chapters there as well. So you can kind of get a feel for what the book is, is like. Um, you can also order it there. You can also order it on Amazon. Uh, just search for be ready on race day on Amazon and uh, get yourself a copy. One click it, get it on Kindle, all, all the places except for audible. It's not there yet. Uh, probably not going to be there. We'll see who knows what the, what the future holds, but, uh, check out the book. If you, you know, need some help getting ready for your spring, summer, fall races, uh, gift to a new runner, whatever the case might be, check it out. Be ready on com. And now without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, uh, today's guest is a lady that I've been chatting with off and on for a couple of years now. And, uh, you know, the timing finally worked out for us to be able to saddle up for a proper chat, uh, here on the show. So, you know, here we are, it's, it's exciting. Uh, Today's guest is a fellow uh, Ultra Red Team member, uh, which is how we first connected, and, and again how we've kind of stayed loosely in touch over the last couple of years. And, and you know, being on on uh, the the Ultra Ambassador Team or the Red Team, as as we are referred to these days, uh, kind of qualifies uh, her as a badass. And in, in 2019, uh, you know, it's just a, a sampling of her badassery here. Uh, she ran more than a handful. I didn't get out the uh, the the fingers and start counting on Ultra Sign Up, but it was a bunch of Ultra Distance races, and then course other distance races as well uh, but one of the highlights that stood out to me was uh first female at the cloud splitter cloud splitter 100 miler 
um, in October of 2019. So anytime, anytime you're finishing first in a, in a 100, anytime you're finishing first anyway, but anytime you're finishing first in a hundred miler, uh, certainly qualifies as a badass to me. Uh, she's also a member of the crew over at Becoming Ultra, uh, which, you know, friends, friends of the show, longtime friends of the show with, uh, with the, the man in charge there. Um, and it's uh, a pleasure to be able to go a few miles today with Miss Stephanie Dannenberg. So, uh, thanks for joining us today, Steph. Really appreciate it. And welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, looking looking forward to it. And uh, guys, if you enjoyed today's conversation, want to kind of get in touch with Steph and, and follow along a little bit more with her and what she's got going on and whatnot, uh, the website, which gets updated occasionally, especially with race reports and things of that nature, irunmountains.blog is the uh, is the website there. And uh, on Instagram, great place to connect with her as well, at ultrasteph87. That's ultra with a U. So not ultra like the shoe company, but ultra like the race, U-L-T-R-A. S-T-E-P-H and the number eight, number seven, Ultra Steph 87. Uh, and as per usual, we'll have everything linked up in the show notes, just like we always do. Dizruns.com slash 804 is a link that'll take you back to the show notes for today's episode for photos and links and whatever other tomfoolery and shenanigans make sense to post there as well. So Steph, the way we always start off each episode of the show is with the same uh, simple question that I ask everybody. It's the only you know, question that, that everyone gets asked when they come on the show. Uh, but it's just to simply ask, and it's, it's a tough one sometimes for the ultra runners. I'll, I'll throw that out there. So, you know, if you, if you hem and haw a little bit, uh, you're not the first one to do that, but uh, it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? I am split between two, actually. Um, I actually really like five K's. Okay. Which sounds Didn't like see that one coming at all. No, I really like going hard for a very short period of time. It's just kind of like this release. I, I really do uh, seek that out. And, you know, you never know what you're going to get with a 5K course. Mm-hmm. You know, it's such a short distance. Right. Um, and then the other distance is the 100K distance. Not quite polar ends of the spectrum, but pretty darn close to polar ends of the spectrum. What do, what do you enjoy about the 100K? <laughs> um, so it's not as daunting or complex as a 100-miler because, uh, you know, people who do uh, – longer runs past 70 and stuff. No, no things change quite often. And one of the bigger changes is from like mile 70 to 80 things, things hit the ceiling, so to speak. Sometimes, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're, you're not going to see the race that you're going to have until you're there. Um, but for the hundred K there's a lot more that you can control. Um, you're done in a day. Uh, you can go to bed at night. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's an adventure race for me. Uh, something that you can really manage, I feel like. Gotcha. Or at least that's what I like. <laughs> hey, the, the, the beauty of our sport is that, you know, there's so many different options and different flavors and different distances and, and terrains and locations. And there's, there's so many different things that, yeah, we, we can all find the things that, that uh, really appeal to us as opposed to, you know, somebody else might look at it and say, well, that, no way, no way would I, you know, kind of me, you know, or at least I, I don't say no way anymore. Let me, let me preface that uh, because I, you say too, no way too many times and then you end up doing it. So, um, you know, right now don't have any plans to go the hundred K distance, but um, it, it's funny to hear ultra runners, uh, especially those of you that run, run long to kind of try to rationalize it. Like, Oh, you know, and from mile 70 to 80, like that's when things just hit the fan and it's it, like, who, who knows what's going to happen. Um, but I feel like, you know, I've, I've not that I'm this expert runner by any stretch, but, uh, I've done, I don't know, 15, 20 marathons. I've done a handful of, of 50 Ks. I feel like stuff hits the fan, um, you know, over the course of 26 miles and, and over the course of 30 ish, 31, 32 miles for the 50 K. So it's, it's just funny for, for me to hear you say, 
you know, oh, it's not until like mile 70 that things really can kind of start going sideways. So, you know, up, up to up to 100K distance, you know, whatever, you can pretty much plan things out and, and anticipate. I'm sitting here going, wow, like I wish I could just plan things out and have things go to plan for, for just a, a ho-hum marathon or a 50K. Oh, I, I say it's happened in for me and a half, mm-hmm. like around mile eight. It just, I hit this giant wall and I'm like, excuse me, this is a half marathon. <laughs> So, um, but it was just, you know, I'd planned on trying to PR the race and, you know, I went out at my planned pace, but it just wasn't working out. I'd done it before I'd been training for the, for a faster pace and I just couldn't speed up and I just hit this well and I ended up walking and I was just like, Oh no, and things pick back up, uh, around mile 11. I was like, it's a little late now, but <laughs> I'll finish it off. Well, and, and that's, and that's a good reminder, I think for, for everyone, um, no matter what distances you race, no matter, uh, how far into it that, that you might be, um, and how experienced you are and how, you know, with, with, I mean, I'm putting words into your mouth here. I, I'll admit to that, but it's like, you know, it's quote unquote, just a half marathon. I've done this, but I've done this distance before. Yeah. I'm pushing the pace a little bit, but, but like whatever. Um, but it can, it can, you know, running can get you and, and we're all humans and none of us are, are able to, ensure that everything's going to be perfect every time. So, you know, that, that idea that, you know, any distance, anytime, any day, uh, you can, you can hit that wall for no apparent reason. Um, I think that's something to, especially for newer runners, maybe to keep in mind where, you know, it's always that possibility and it, and it happens to everybody. It's not, you know, nobody's ever immune to having a rough day at the office, so to speak. Right. And I mean, I don't like putting, I've learned I do not like putting all of my eggs in one basket. Like if I have an A race, you know, I'm not going to expect that I'm going to hit the target necessarily. It would be really nice to, but I kind of always like to have one or two races kind of in the, you know, back burner area just in case. Yeah, definitely. It's because again, you know, and you run long enough, you'll, you'll have a day where things go sideways for no apparent reason. And, and, you know, having, having a backup plan is, is never uh, a real bad situation. Um, how'd you get uh, started in the sport stuff? Is it something that you've, that you've always done is, is running kind of always been a part of your life or how did you uh, find your way down this, this uh, passion that so many of us have? It was a little bit of a rabbit hole, actually. Um, I mean, I have kind of, a similar story to a lot of like athletes who grew up doing sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I did soccer for probably 20 some years. Um, when I went to college, uh, I was like NCAA division three soccer and tennis player. You know, I never took an off season. There was always something going on. Um, basically, you know, you got a day off every seven days. Cause that's what the, the rules say, <laughs> but right. um, you know, it becomes life for four years. Um, and then I went off to grad school. You know, I was really busy. Uh, I, I occasionally ran to like keep up my fitness. I never kept track of distance necessarily. I was just like, oh, I'll just run around this, like the entire campus a few times or something like that. And I would time myself, but I would have no idea how far I went. It was just kind of like a baseline thing. And I joined a soccer team there. Um, got my second major injury in uh, club soccer when I was out in New Mexico, I was doing just playing a co-ed game and tore my meniscus for a second mm. time. Same knees. Terrible injury to have. Cause it's just, it's not like detrimental necessarily, but, uh, back in 
that day, um, when I first did it in 2007, there wasn't really a surgery that could repair it. Right. So it's just like, well, you could PT it, hope for the best, mm-hmm. or we could just take it out. And I was like, that doesn't sound good. So <laughs> I'm really <laughs> glad I didn't <laughs> choose that path. But um, apparently now they can repair them, and I'm far past that. Um, mm-hmm. So just hoping to not do anything major again. So that kind of turned me off of soccer for a while. Went back to tennis, realized you need two people to play that game. <laughs> and the wall's not always very fun. And then I got my first job and I was sitting on a computer and it's like, what am I doing? I'm not doing anything active. I don't have anything to do after work. Um, so I started uh, running a little bit because I was like, you, you can do that by yourself. And um, there was a 5K flyer posted in the local town. I was like, I could walk to that. So I walked to the race, um, which I didn't realize was a mile away at the time. Was, that's not too bad. Um, and I ran the race and um, I placed, which I did not expect at like a 2000 person sum race, uh, 5k. And it got me really excited. Um, and I had ran miles before that. Uh, when I was in grad school, there was a little challenge didn't train for it. Um, I assumed soccer was just enough because you run so much in the game. But at the time, you don't know that it's really a different kind of running. It's a different kind of fitness. Um, and it doesn't translate too well. And there were two half marathons that I ended up doing um, solo. They're kind of like self-supported. You run from this town to the next town. And they put out like water bottles every four miles or something like gotcha. that. And I got lost the first time. Um, I've gotten lost on several runs. It's not been a great situation in the middle of summer. Um, so that, that interested me. And once I get done with the 5k, I, I went back and thought about it. I was like, yeah, I know what a half marathon is now. It seems like I could do that. So I, uh, I just picked a random local half and I was like, Oh, I'll train for this. And my idea of training, I had no connection to any community. I was just off on my own. Um, I thought that you had to run the distance, in order to train for the race. So I would always, I would run 13 miles for the half. Right. And, um, I stopped training probably two or three months before the race. Cause like, I can run this distance. <laughs> I didn't know that she would just lose it. Right. Cause I mean, growing up in, in soccer and tennis, you develop skills and you just don't lose the skills. Right. You, you kind of lose the finesse of it. Um, so then I ended up running my first half source I've ever been in my entire life. It was awful. <laughs> and I got to the the finish line and was like, I am supposed to do double this for a full. Are you kidding me? And like two weeks later, I signed up for a full. It's kind of like the classic, you know, you get that like, um, you know, post-race, whatever you want to call it, like depression mm-hmm. or just like uh, jitters. It's like, what do I do now? Right. Um, and I didn't feel finished at the half necessarily. I was like, I gave it everything I had. I didn't have anything more to give, but I was like, I could pace myself. I feel like for a full, and I still had no idea. I've never looked up a training plan in my life. So Mm. I was just taking advice from a single friend who had ran the distance before, um, which is not great. (laughs) I had a really rough time starting out. Um, and you know, the internet was kind of young, like Facebook was just kind of, becoming right. available for multiple people, multiple companies. Cause back in the day it was just for college students. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had some connections and I started talking to some people who ran, they're like, yeah, marathon's crazy. You just can't do that. 
you can't just go from a half to a full. Like they were just trying to, you know, make me feel cautious, I guess. Right. Um, but I was like, I've, I've got a half marathon. All I have to do is just keep running this distance and maybe a little bit further. So every week I would just run one longer distance than the last mm-hmm. and not run in between. Cause I was so sore. I didn't know about <laughs> foam rolling. I didn't know about recovery. Right. I didn't know about nutrition. I knew none of this. So I would just kind of like be limping around all week, <laughs> recovering from my uh, long runs on the weekend. And I ended up finishing my first full and I was like, this, this can't be how it's done. So at that point, I actually started looking up how to do things properly and uh, trained for my second full that year and was pretty successful at it. And um, from there, just thought that marathons were the end game. Right. Um, I, I didn't know anything about ultras or, you know, I saw like some TV documentary where some guy ran for 24 hours. Like, that's the most insane. You can't do that. Your body can't <laughs> right. do that. Um, and it was like somewhere in Arizona or something like that. And, um, it was just, you know, thinking about how that was for that person. And now thinking about what I've done and being like, it's not that bad. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It it is. I feel like this sport is, and, and a lot of people's journeys in the sport are, uh, similar and, and where, you know, you, you get started and you go, well, that's, you know, like I can, I can maybe do a little bit more, but I could never do, you know, that, whatever, whatever that is. I could never do the half marathon. I can never do the marathon. I can never do a 50 K ultra, you know, 50 mile, whatever. And you keep climbing the ladder there. Um, but then the more, the more you get into it, the more you kind of start to, to figure things out and figure out that, uh, you know, recovery and, and how to train and, and you start getting around other people to, uh, who are, uh, enabling you, uh, you know, the, the, the good kind of enablers of, of let's try this and let's, let's do this. And I've done this before and I know you can do it. Um, uh, pretty soon you start to climb that ladder and then, and then you look back at it and go, gosh, like I've come, I've come, I've come a pretty long way. Um, how did you, you know, like you said, you, you get into it and you keep going a little bit farther, a little bit farther. Um, how did you eventually get, uh, stumble across the, the ultra running scene and, and decide to dip your toes into that water? I think, my story is a little bit different. Um, there's a marathon that I really like. It was my first marathon, third, maybe fourth. I've done it four or five times. Uh, it was the Blue Ridge Marathon, and I lived really close to it. It's got about a little less than 4,000 feet of gain over the course. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a very hard marathon. Yes. And um, I absolutely love it because it runs like a trail race. Um, for the people who really like, you know, trails and mm-hmm. want to do some roads. Cause I know some people who I have friends personally who can't do trails anymore because of their ankles or their knees or something right. like that. Um, so it's a really good race and they have like a double marathon. I thought those people were just you know, crazy <laughs> getting up at like 1am to run this race twice. So I was like, that's just crazy. So when I was, um, training for it, uh, I didn't really, I moved to Wisconsin. I had lived in Virginia and, training through the winter and having such like more flat planes to run on. It was very hard to get the training and necessary. So I decided to drive back to Virginia like three weeks early to do my first 50 K. Cause I was like, mm. it's only like four or six miles longer. Like what's that? Like right. an hour or something like that. I had no idea what I got myself into. Um, and it was a really small uh, local ultra 
and it had about 5,000 feet of gain over the course, but I didn't realize like a third of it was in one spot. Oh no. And that was <laughs> the most terrible climb of my life. And they're like, oh, you got to get ready for the death climb. And I'm like, what? Um, it was like 1,500 feet in 1.5 miles. And um, I was definitely not ready for that at mile 23. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course it's at mile 23. Of course it's at it. mile 23. <laughs> so um, with like all of his, like, I was like, yeah, there's plenty of string crossings. They're all within that kind of period of time too. So like you get like everything smashed in your face at once. But um, I decided to use it as a long training run of all things. Cause I was just like, it's only that much further. I was like, I can recover in time. So I, I do this race and I'm like super disappointed. Um, I think um, I was beating myself up because I didn't know that a lot of people walked up these things, mm, like right. these hills and mountains and whatever. I was like, I have to run them. So I, I ran a large majority of it until I got to the death climb. And then I was just sitting there like brooding because I couldn't run up this hill, you know, and I, mm-hmm my calves were just killing me because like I couldn't set my heels down. I was just not ready for this. Um, but I ended up finishing. I did well. Um, that was actually my 50 KPR for a long time. Um, and I came away with a really nice shiny PR for that marathon afterwards. So it worked. Mm -hmm. And then at that point I was just like, well, I'm not really that, uh, scared of 50 K. So I, um, signed up for another and another and they weren't too bad. They, the weather was absolutely God awful for my second 50 K it was a uh, blizzard conditions and very unexpected. It was uh, one of the years where there were no Barkley finishers. It was same weekend. Um, so by that time I've been learning about a lot, uh, studying up about different like kinds of training plans going off on my own. Um, ended up doing Ironman because I was like, that's, you know, one of the things I got to do for endurance to see how it feels. Um, but I felt kind of incomplete after Ironman. And that was, it's a long day. Right. It's the, probably the longest thing that I'd done. And I was like, well, I'll sign up for a hundred K. And I, I ended up doing that by accident. Um, to the 50 K had sold out. I promised my friend I'd go with her, uh, to the 50 K, but being sold out. I was like, I'll just, I'll do the hundred K and, you know, drop at the 50 K mark. And then I ended up finishing it, but I was sick. So it's like, that's not a very good, um, experience. So then I signed up for another one. So that's kind of how the, the ball rolls. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, you know, that's, that's all she wrote as, as they, uh, as they say, uh, when you, when you said you were felt incomplete at the end of the, the Ironman, can, can we dive into that? What was, what was that feeling of incompleteness for you? I got to the end of, like, I ran the whole marathon. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, being like kind of like a mid packer, especially with triathlon. Um, I, I passed so many people on the marathon course walking. Mm -hmm. Um, it's very hard to do a long, hard day on the bike and be able to run the whole thing. There's a lot of successful people, but it was my first, right? So, um, I was very surprised myself that I was able to run the whole marathon and I got to the end and I was like, I could have kept going for like a while. Mm. And so that was kind of that feeling like, you know, I didn't really want to burn out. I, I did my plan pace. You know, I felt really good about my marathon time mm. in Ironman, but I got to the end and I was like, I could have kept going for a couple more miles at least like maybe like, you know, five to 10 more miles or more. Right. Like I just, I felt like I could have, 
just kept going. And I really didn't like that feeling, especially at the end of something that I, I trained for what, like seven, eight months for this. Mm-hmm. Um, just strictly trying to get better at the bike and better at the swim. I didn't run too much, which wasn't great, but, um, it was just like this feeling of incompleteness. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what, what, what do I do? So, I mean, you know, people give you the experience of finishing the Ironman and being like, that was like the greatest thing coming down onto the carpet and getting your finisher time and medal mm-hmm. and everything. And it's just, that wasn't it. Was it, was it not it? Bec- like, I don't know how to best a- ask this, but what was it, was it the fact that you could like, Okay. Here's, here's kind of what, what's going through my mind. And, and, you know, I love how things just kind of shake out sometimes verbally through, through the, the course of the, the conversation, but why not go back and be like, I'm going to try to do another Ironman only go harder, go faster, push myself more and leave it all out on the course so that when I, when I finish the marathon, I'm, I'm spent. Why, why was there something tugging you towards more of, I just like the running I needed to run more or, or why not, why not dive deeper into the, uh, triathlon multi-sport world as opposed to diving deeper for if what, I, what I'm hearing is correct. If I'm putting the dots together, diving deeper into the ultra running world. Well, I, I did. Um, but I mean, I had gone as hard as I could on the swim in the bike. Like mm-hmm. I surprised myself on the bike the last probably like 10 miles. I'd, I'd gone faster than I did in training. Okay. So, I mean, I thought I'd spent myself so hard on the bike that I wasn't going to be able to run. I was literally crying out of transition because I was like, Mm -hmm. I just blew up. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like completely convinced. And then I just started running and it was fine. I was just like, but why is it fine? I got like halfway through the run. I was like, why am I still fine? Uh So it was very confusing. Um, I I mean, I fueled really well. I I practiced what I preached, you know, like done everything Mm -hmm. to the T. But then I got to the end. I was like, I it's not that I don't feel like I went hard enough on the run, but I just found, I feel like I found that forever pace. Gotcha. You know, and something that I, I'd been struggling with for quite a while. Do you ever get to the finish line of an ultra and, and have that similar feeling of, of incompleteness? It, it depends on the ultra that I've done. I feel like, um, and that's what I really like about each one and different distances. It felt completely different at the end. And it's not that a certain distance gives me that either. Like I've gone hard, um, in the 50 K I've gone hard in a hundred K and hundred miler. And they just, they're very different. Right. I did, um, I did the off-road series for Xterra as well that year for Ironman. And I don't know if I wasn't recovered from, my efforts at Ironman, but a month and a half later, I did uh, Xterra Worlds in Hawaii, mm-hmm. and I, that bike destroyed me. Mm-hmm. And the run was extremely hard, and I felt I put more into that than Ironman, which I felt very strange about because it's like a fraction of the distance. It was right. only I think like thirty miles versus one hundred and forty. Mm-hmm. So it just it depends on the race. I feel like. Um, Cause I mean, I've, I PR'd my 50 K and I wasn't done. Right. right. And I was like, I, I could have gone harder in that. I do feel like, um, but I didn't know better because I, it was at the peak of my hundred miler training. The first time I trained for a hundred. Mm-hmm. 
and I had backed it with a 50 K and a marathon the two weekends before. So I was like, I should be fatigued. Right. Right. No, that's just tapering. That's just tapering for a hundred miler is a 50 K and a marathon back to back weekends. Yeah. But I mean, I, I, I used races. So I was like, right. well, I'm just going to like trot along, see what happens. And it ended up turning out really well. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, speaking of, of hundred milers, uh, like I said in the intro there, you know, finished, finished first, first female, uh, a, a few months ago at, at the, uh, the cloud splitter hundred mile race. Um, what was, what was, I don't know. I guess I'll, I'll, I'll not bury the lead. We'll, we'll start with the, the first, the kind of most obvious question. What's it like to win a hundred miler? Like, do, do you know, I, you have to, I have to assume that like aid station people were telling you like you're in first place, whatever. Um, but, but I mean, what was, what was it like, you know, kind of the second half of that race, knowing that you had a shot at, at winning this thing? Um, it's actually rather scary and panicky and anxiety inducing. Yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> right. Cause like when I was in like my 50 K I placed third. Um, the one that I was talking about and I had no idea cause it was a looped course. Okay. It was like a three mile loop. So I had no idea. No one was there to tell me. So when I like place, I like, just like, what? Right. Like, you know, so when I was in the hundred, it was, it was very odd to me because I had gone in with zero expectations cause I had like bare bones training. I'd done, uh, the vert training, but I had no distance on me, um, because I'd been, uh, diagnosed with a stress fracture, a few months earlier mm-hmm. and my doctor treated it like a broken bone. So I couldn't do anything. She wouldn't let me swim. She wouldn't let me wow. bike. I couldn't do jack squat. Wow. So it, it was very, just like, I'm going to go out today and I'm just going to try to finish. So I paced myself very differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I got it and I knew, I knew the course cause I'd done it the year before. And um, that year was, it was my first hundred and I suffered a fall at mile 16 and gotten lost for three miles. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, kind of like a practice run, but I'd actually uh, torn my anterior tibialis tendon at mile oh, 16. Goodness. And I had no idea. And I ran the rest of the race and I just got super confused at mile 70. Like I said, like kind of stuff happens. Mm-hmm. And I had heard everybody say that, you know, um, you're going to experience like super low points. You're going to cry. You're going to be like, I can't run, but you can run. And I was like, this must be it. I got to like mile 70 and I was crying. Cause it was like, it hurts so bad. And then when I got to the next aid station, I like, I had to take my, my calf sleeves off cause they were cutting off the circulation. Mm-hmm. Um, I just couldn't, I like, I couldn't put pressure on my feet. It was just awful. And when they cut it off, my entire shin was like red and black. Right. And I was like, oh no, this is not what they were talking about. And I cried <laughs> harder. And I was like, I have to finish this. I can still move. I can still walk. So I, I ended up finishing it. Um, and so I was just like, I have unfinished business with this race. You know, I didn't put in really hardcore training. I put in a lot of vert training mm-hmm. as much as, as much as I could squeeze in, um, in the time that I had. And so I was out there with no expectations. So I was just like plodding along and, um, I was coming somewhere, I think around mile 40 or 43. Um, it's like out and backs at this point. Um, there's like a major, like 20 mile out and back. Mm. Um, and the first place female who had been in front of me and I had no expectations to beat her. Um, she was, she's very, very skilled. She did a race that I'd done earlier in the year. Um, and she did very well. Mm -hmm. So I was like, Oh, you know, 
I'm not going to be her. So um, I see her coming back towards the aid station that I just come from. I was like, oh, no, what happened? And um, she'd actually cracked a rib on mm. one of the most technical sections of the course because this course is extremely technical. Um, it, it, the, they say that the 100K runs like a 100-miler. Wow. It's just a really brutal course. And I still, every time I go there, I'm still underprepared for how technical it is. <laughs> it's just so, there's so many rocks and then string crossings and, uh, you know, it, the, the elevation's got about 25,000 feet of gain um, for the course. So, I mean, there's that, but um, I felt so bad for her. Uh, I like offered to walk her back to the aid station, but she had her husband there with her. Mm. Thankfully he was running with her and all of a sudden it just like dawned on me now I'm in first. Cause I've seen everyone who's come forward and back right. on this out and back. And it's just like, I gotta go. <laughs> so um, that kind of like lights a fire in you. And so um, I'm, I'm going through, I get to, what is it? Probably mile 80 or 83. And I get to this aid station and they say the girl behind me is catching me. Mm -hmm. And I was like trying to do the mental math and mental math at like mile 80 is not the greatest thing to ask you to do. (laughs) And it's like, you know, I was, I was a math and physics major, but still it is really difficult to try to process information after like 20 plus hours. Right. Right. Like on course. Um, So I'm like, there's no way she could catch me. It's like, I just like started booking it. Mm -hmm. Like, I had, I just was like freaked out. And so I was like running up these stupid hills. I was running really fast down these technical sections that I knew was like, well, if I fall, I fall at this point. Um, (laughs) and nothing, nothing bad actually happened. Um, and I was doing like 11 minute miles or something like that at the end of this race. And I was like, there's no way I'm doing this pace. Right. Like, it's so technical. Like, I just don't understand. I've never been able to do this. And so um, that's how I, like, I got to the finish line and, you know, I was going pretty fast. Yeah. <laughs> and um, they told me, oh, she's like, you know, a few hours behind. She was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I was like, pu- busted my butt, like for the last, like, what, uh, 15, 16 miles or so. Uh-huh. And it's just to know that, you know, I put that much distance. I don't know. It's just weird feeling. It's just really weird. And um, I was just so like panicked at the end that I just couldn't like, I didn't process it very well. Um, And eventually it just kind of hooked on to me later, but I had to just really settle down. Mm -hmm. Um, But it does, uh, it does give you a lot of confidence that, you could do certain things that you did not think that you could do at certain times. And I think I learned a lot of um, valuable lessons from that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, can, obviously congratulations. That's it's uh, I mean, it's, that's uh, a pretty good day at the office when you can, when you can finish, finish first in a race, especially when you go into it with, with, like you said, no, no expectations, no real pressure. Like I'm just going to go out there and, you know, training wasn't great. And, and um, I, I can't, I can't skip past, uh, some of the injury things. Cause that was for, for the benefit of those listening, that was one of the first things that we really kind of dove deep on in, in some conversations months ago uh, was some of your, your injury issues. But 
Taryn, Taryn attendant, Taryn, and, and not even just attendant, you know, but uh, like for those that aren't, uh, that don't speak real good anatomy, the, the anterior tibialis muscle, like that's kind of a, a pretty important muscle. It's like the shin splints muscle. It's a muscle that runners use and it's, it's important. It's shock absorbing. It helps your arch. Um, did I hear you, you tore that 16 miles into this hundred miler and you just kept going? I think I initially partially tore it okay. and then I did a complete tear, almost a complete tear pretty soon afterwards. Cause I, um, cause of the stream crossings, it's the same course. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my foot got stuck between two rocks that I couldn't see and just kind of like, I fell again, just trapped. Um, right. and it just hurts so bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, on a course that goes so much up and so much down, like I, I couldn't go down a 2% grade. Right. It hurts so bad. Right. Um, so I was forced to run uphill a majority Oof. of the race. So, cause I was like, if I want to make the cutoff, which, this, right. you know, I went from trying to make the cutoff to trying to place in a year is, it's just completely different. Um, yeah. but you know, I remembered from the previous years, like, yeah, I ran up these hills with the torn tendon. I can do this now. Okay. So I, uh, maybe I just missed it, but I was thinking that you tore it this year when you won the thing. So it was, it was last year that you tore it, tore the tendon. Yeah. So I did that. Um, gotcha. and then, um, a few months later I got a stress fracture, still hadn't figured out why. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think it may have done that. I tried to do soccer again and then that uh, didn't work out too well. So, Oh goodness. All right. Well, this, this changes the things a little bit in my head at least, but, but it makes, it makes a lot more sense that you, you didn't like win the race running on a, a, a torn tendon. Cause that oh, was, no. <laughs> I was just like, wow, like, yeah, like your badass level just went, went way up, but it's still, it's still, I mean, do it finishing a hundred miler is bad enough or, you know, badass enough finishing it a year ago on a, on a torn tendon. That's, that's, that ups the level still anyway. Um, but, uh, you know, kind of talking some of these, these injuries. So, you know, kind of a stress fracture that you couldn't figure out this, this torn, um, torn anterior tib tendon um has has, for lack of a better way of asking the question which is a terrible way to ask a question and a way i ask too many questions probably but has there been any point with some of these these injuries and especially some of the ones that kind of not exactly sure what it is not exactly sure why it bothers you sometimes and 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 maybe doesn't bother you so much some other times why does it come on why does it relax and feel better um, is there ever been any thought of like, you know what, maybe, maybe I need to, to hang it up or maybe I need to go with shorter distances or, or whatever. H- has there ever been any thoughts of kind of altering some of your running ambitions to try to, for, again, lack of a better way of saying, saying it, protect your body a little bit more? Um, I, I try to do it with strength. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when I tore my meniscus twice, uh, the most important thing that I learned from there is cross training and doing mm-hmm. strength. And as long as you can protect whatever you've injured better, then you should still be able to do what you're going to do. So I kind of see it as like kind of like a strength weakness. Like I need to, I need to up my game. So when I tore the tibialis tendon, um, my, my PT was absolutely not help, helpful. You know, insurance <laughs> in America is not great. It's not great, right? It's yep. not great. You don't get to pick your PT. They're like, we need to find another doctor. Well, I don't really have that choice. I don't, I'm not made of money. Right. Um, so I ended up going online, which is, you know, what a lot of people do is like uh, the Bob and Brad, uh, you know, they, they do a lot of um, PT related videos. Mm. Um, they're, they're really good physical therapists that like, if you can go through their, 
their whole like encyclopedia of stuff that they have like on their YouTube channel. Um, I watched several of those videos and did the PT myself mm. and I learned a lot about it and they, they were spot on and they actually really helped me personally get back in my game. So I did take a fair bit of time off after I mm-hmm. tore it. Um, I took see here, one, two, three, three ish months off just to do strength and training and try to get back into it. Right. Um, which was a rough time because like you, you really have to, when you do these longer distances, be able to tune into your body, be able to discern actual pain from injury mm-hmm. or if they're related. Um, and it, it becomes very difficult, the, the more mentally tough that you get. So like for right. me, when I initially started tearing that tendon, I was just like, I couldn't feel it. I had this mm-hmm. adrenaline pumping. Eventually that adrenaline is going to wear off. Right. And, um, when it wore off, it wore off. <laughs> it <laughs> was like, it. wow, I got to like, I, I got to the hundred K mark. I was like, something is not right. I'm, I'm slow. I can't run down this hill. Like what is wrong with me? You know, you start that thought process that something's not quite right. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time I, I'd never torn a tendon before. Right. Um, so I didn't know what it felt like. I didn't know anything. So it's like kind of all in the experience. Like I've had, um, you know, the torn meniscus is not something that you necessarily feel either. You feel the inflammation from it. Right. So I've never had something that's just so sharp and pulling before. It's like, it doesn't feel like a broken bone. So like I should be able to keep going. I'm not broken. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just kind of like my philosophy is just being able to bring that strength back where you might've had weaknesses. It's not that I was necessarily weak. I got caught completely underneath a root right. that I couldn't see underneath leaves. Um, completely not my fault. I was, it was my fault that I was trying to do like really fast paces after I got lost. Cause I felt bad for getting lost for three miles. Right, right. Um, and just kind of like, you know, keep a really chill mind. If that makes sense. So mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to not just sit there and panic. Um, but I, I do believe in strength. I do believe in cross training. Cause I, I learned a lot from that, just from doing Ironman, it's like, I don't feel like I can break. So I get very confused when I, I got the stress fracture and I couldn't feel it. Mm. Like I legit, I ran a 40 and 50 miler on it and did not feel it. Right. And then I got the MRI like two weeks later, like, Oh, your bones almost broken. I was like, (laughs) ah, I don't, I don't see it. (laughs) Um, but it's, it was just in a, a very odd place. So Um, I definitely sat out. I did exactly what the doctor said. Mm -hmm. I did not run. I did not walk. I did, I did not swim. I did not do anything, but I sat there and I did core. I did whatever I could that I couldn't do with my legs. Right. right. With, with that as, as clearly not the, uh, the best lead up or at least not the ideal lead up to, uh, to any race, let alone a hundred mile race. Um, you know, and maybe that was part of why there was no expectations, but I mean, was there ever any thought of like, I'm just, maybe I shouldn't even do the race or maybe I should drop down to a shorter distance. Um, like, like, you know, when you're unable to do anything for a couple of months, um, and then you don't have a big buildup, you know, why, why even roll the dice to, to run a hundred mile? Cause quite honest, the, the coach in me kind of says like, eh, it's probably not the best, the best choice. Clearly it worked out for you. Um, but, but why take the chance of injuring something else because you're, you're not in as, as good of running shape as, as, uh, you would have liked to have been going into that type of a race. Oh, there were several reasons for me. And, you know, as being a coach myself, 
I would absolutely say no. <laughs> right. I absolutely, this is the worst idea possible. Like even the hundred K would be out of the question. Um, the 50 K, you know, my doctor told me I could, mm-hmm. um, but I, you know, she was a sports medicine doctor. Um, right. she dealt with ultra runners, Ironman athletes. We have a very thriving community here. So, um, you know, she's not new to the game. And I was just like, well, I guess, you know, I'll figure I will with this kind of course, it's very hard to run the entirety of the course just because of how technical and up and down it is. There's just such steep grades in places. Um, I was just like, worst case scenario, I run where I run and I just walk the rest. Mm. And that was, that was my plan. I was like, I got 40 hours to do this race and I can, I can walk that. I can hike that. I've been hiking. I'd been working on my power hike. Um, I know that's less of an impact. Right. And so that was my general plan. So to be running at mile 80 was very surprising. Um, and I felt good. I felt good the entire time. I felt fantastic. Hmm. So, uh, that was very strange, but more so, um, I have kind of like seasonal depression, um, ever since I moved to Wisconsin, the days are much shorter here. I know what's coming. Um, I have uh, an allergy to the cold, so I can only be outside so much during the winter. Um, I'm working on that with uh, my doctor and antihistamines, but basically below 38, I'm fairly useless. Um, so living in Wisconsin was a major change, learned a lot, um, but I knew that was coming and I knew this would be probably the last thing that I'd be able to do. And if it's the last thing that I do this year, that's the last thing that I do and I'll be happy with it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like my mindset. It's like, I, I just want to burn out completely. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, you uh, did a little better than just burn out completely, obviously with, with winning the whole bloody thing. So uh, that's awesome. And, and as we're, as we're wrapping up today, uh, Steph, I, I like to uh, kind of close with something I call a philosophical question, which this is, this is really, you know, it's basically just like the introductory question. Obviously is a different question, but something that's very open-ended. You can kind of take it whichever way you want to go with it and, and we'll wrap things up. But I noticed when I was kind of scamming or skimming through uh, your, your website and kind of looking through the, the recap of, of the, the hundred miler, um, that there was a, 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 a caption underneath one of your pictures that said, you know, kind of picture of me contemplating life and what pace really means in the grand scheme of things. And uh, I, I'm, I'm curious, and, and this is where we'll kind of wrap things up for today, kind of what, uh, what those contemplations led to, what, what kind of, uh, you know, when it, when it comes to pace and, and what does pace mean in the grand scheme of things? What, what, is, what is your take on, on, I don't know, I'll just leave it very open-ended. What is your take on, on pace and what it means in the grand scheme of things when it comes to, to running in life in general? I think, I mean, it's, that's a really deep thing that I kind of put in there, to be honest. Um, because like, I, it just, you know, you do the, these runs and it doesn't matter what distance you run. You just kind of come up with these, these epiphanies, right? I've, I've had them happen on like three mile runs, but mm-hmm. this one was in one of my ultra runs. And I was just like, well, what, what does it mean? Like you're out there and you're enjoying yourself. If you're doing what you need to do, then what does pace matter? You know, um, and I thought about it again. I was just on a, a Christmas Day hike the other day in the mountains, and I just came to this opening where you just saw all of these mountains, the hills, like in front of you. And it's just like the, you're on trails. Why not just go out and adventure until you can't adventure anymore? Mm. You know, just you know, it's the whole idea of orienting um, 
or like, you know, just using a compass just to go out and adventure. You just do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't necessarily need a race either. Uh, although I do like doing them. Um, I just think about pace and sometimes, you know, pace is fast. Sometimes it's slow. It depends on the person. So in, at the end of the day, you're just, you're going where you need to go. I don't know if any of that makes sense. No, it it, it totally does. And I think it's, it's, uh, I think it's a a beautiful way of putting it. You're going where you need to go. And, you know, like you said, sometimes fast, sometimes slow. Um, but, but I don't know. I, I I don't want to color too much on, on your words because I think they were, they were perfect. But I think sometimes, uh, I I know I'm guilty of this and all this are as well. We get too focused on the pace and we forget to, you know, stop and smell the roses if you will. So, and, uh, and that's why I, I take back a little bit from why 5k is my favorite distance because I don't remember anything, mm. you know, um, some of my best experiences have been when I've been the slowest, right? Like just being able to stand there for a minute and not have to worry about, you know, who's in front of you or who's behind you. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, looking out at, you know, what you're able to do. This is how far you've gotten and just being able to take it in. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And I think, uh, even if it didn't seem like it made a whole lot of sense to you, I think it was beautifully put. And, uh, and that's why I love asking these kind of questions at the end is, is it just kind of gives us a little something to chew on as, as we're wrapping up. So thank you for that, Steph. And, and once again, guys, if you want to follow along more with, with Stephanie, what she's got going on, I run mountains.blog is the website on Instagram at ultra Steph 87. Again, U L T R A S T E P H eight seven. Uh, disruns.com slash eight zero four is the link for the show notes today. Love everything linked up as we always do right there. Uh, so in case you're out and about, can't remember various, I mean, there's only, only one handle to remember today, but you know, just, just different things, links and all that good stuff is runs.com slash eight zero four. So, uh, Steph, thank you for, uh, for making the time today. Certainly, uh, what people don't know, we had a few technical gremlins that, uh, popped up before we got started, but we, we made, we powered through, we made it work. So, uh, thanks for putting up with that and, uh, for the time today and certainly wish you, uh, you know, nothing but the best in the new year and, uh, certainly wish you that, uh, good health in the new year so that you can continue to get yes. out there and do what you enjoy doing uh, and not have to worry about all the, the various injuries and, and maladies that can pop up. So stay healthy this year. Have a great year. And I'm certainly looking forward to staying in touch. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. I hope you enjoyed the conversation between Stephanie and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was something that we talked about that really kind of resonated with you, that really that, that struck a nerve, struck a chord, made you stop and think a little bit along the way? What was that thing from today's conversation? For me, it was something that uh, kind of happened, I guess, maybe kind of early-ish in the conversation. But Stephanie was talking about uh, hitting the wall at 13.1 miles of one of her races. And um, it, just, it just stuck out to me because I think that, that sometimes – I don't know about you, but sometimes I think that I get this thought in my head that because I've done X before and done it many, many times that I can do X and it won't be an issue. Let me unpack that a little bit. So, you know, I'm not putting words in Stephanie's mouth at all, but when she was telling that story about hitting the wall, really struggling at mile 13, I was thinking to myself, it's like, gosh, what would happen if, if that happened to me? Like I've run 13 miles 
so many times, you know, 13 miles plus, whether it's in an official half marathon, whether it's in marathons, whether it's in ultras, whether it's on training runs, whether it's in S and G's, like I've crossed the 13 mile threshold a lot. You may have as well. Maybe that, that threshold mark is five miles, three miles, whatever. I've done, I've done 13 miles a lot of times. Stephanie's done 13 miles a lot of times. And then all of a sudden on that particular day, she had things go sideways hitting the wall at 13 miles. And the reason that stood out to me, the reason that that's my takeaway today is it's just that, that reminder that no matter how many times you do something, no matter how many times you run a 5k or a half marathon or a 50k or whatever, whatever your kind of comfort zone level distance is, it doesn't guarantee that every time you do that type of distance or every time you're going farther, but you know, you, you figure, shoot, I'm, I'm trained up for this 50 K. Like certainly I can go 13 miles. That's not going to be a problem. It could be a problem that things can happen. It can be weather related. It can be diet nutrition related. Uh, it could be just kind of random and no real idea why it happened, but it's, it's just something that, that stood out to me with, with that story of the reminder that, you know what? Things can go sideways at any time, and we're never guaranteed of having the race that we expect. In fact, most of the time, we probably don't get the race that we expect. Uh, but typically, you know, again, if I'm putting myself in that situation, like I'm expecting the trouble to come at mile 20 or mile 24, 25, you know, whatever the case might be. Um, I'm not expecting the, the trouble to, to hit at mile 13, but that's the nature of the beast. That type of stuff can happen from time to time. And, you know, not that we want to, you know, be excited about it and not worry about it and not try to prevent it. But if slash when you have one of those days where things just aren't working like they're supposed to try not to get too frustrated because it's frustrating, but it happens. It's part of, part of our sport. And uh, hopefully it's something that you can maybe learn from, but even if not, you know, just get back, get back on the wagon the next, the next time. And hopefully, you know, things will go a bit more to plan. So I don't know exactly what the takeaway is other than, you know, Things happen. Things happen, I guess, is the takeaway. And some days, not every day can be your day when you're out on the roads, out on the trails, uh, out, you know, out gunning for a, a specific time on a race. Sometimes, sometimes you're the hammer. Sometimes you're the nail. Uh, and sometimes you hit the wall at 13 miles into a, into a 50K, into a marathon, into a 50-miler, uh, whatever the case might be. Or you hit the wall at four miles into your 10K or your half marathon, and you just have to grind it out grind it out. So that's my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? Let me know. As per usual, you know the places to find me by now. 804 episodes deep. I think you know the place to find me. At Diz Runs on Twitter. At Diz Runs on Instagram. Those things haven't changed since the, the first first episode of the show. Um, although I think I'm probably more active on Instagram now than I was back then. But in any event, at Diz Runs in both places. Slide into the DMs and let me know what you think or tag me in a story or tag me in a post, whatever the case might be. Shout out to those that do that on a regular basis. Uh, appreciate seeing those, those posts. Um, I need to write down some, some handles so I can give you all proper shout outs for, for doing that type of stuff. Uh, but I appreciate always, you know, knowing that I'm taking, you're taking me with you on a run and, uh, always appreciate, uh, that, that, uh, consistency and, and, uh, and, and the shout outs, the shout outs, love the shout outs. Uh, you can also slide into my, my email inbox, disruns at gmail.com. And of course you can head over to the show notes for today, disruns.com slash eight zero four. We got photos, we got links, we got all the things. And we also got the comment section there. You can leave your comments, feedbacks, thoughts, takeaways down in the bottom of that section as well. Disruns.com slash eight zero four. And while you're on the website, leaving your comments in the, uh, in the, the, uh, 
or leaving your feedback in the comment section there of the post. Uh, you can also, you know, over on the top of the top of the website, if you're on if you're on a computer, if you're on the phone, you might have to hit the little navigation button there. But uh, you know, the, you get the drop down that has the different offerings available. I think it says products, and then it says books, and then it says be ready on race day. You can click on that and uh, find out more about the book if you haven't checked it out yet, if you haven't heard about it yet, because I don't I don't talk about it probably as much as I should. Um, but be ready on race day. It's it's all about how to help you prepare for your next. Uh, the book technically says half marathon and marathon, but here's a little insider tip. The same principles apply no matter what distances you're potentially training for from 5k, 10k to 50k, 50 mile. Uh, the same general principles are there. The same general, how to build a training plan. It's all the same. It's all the same. Just, you know, the numbers change a little bit based on what distance you're running. Um, but if you have a race coming up this spring, this summer, and you kind of want to maybe take, take that one size fits all training plan that you downloaded and make it your own. Make it fit for you as opposed to trying to fit you into this one-size-fits-all that we, we all know doesn't really fit anybody. The book can help you bridge that gap. It does it. Be- I think it does it beautifully. I'm, I'm admittedly biased, but I've gotten a lot of good feedback on it as well. So grab a copy of the book uh, and, and check it out. Uh, be ready on racedaycom or be ready on race day on Amazon. And with that, we'll go ahead and uh, officially pull this one into the harbor. Call it a day. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed this one. As always, uh, appreciate all that you do to help spread the word, telling others about the show, encouraging others to subscribe to the show. That's that's awesome too. Uh, but uh, just appreciate you listening. That's that's first and foremost. Everything else is the icing on the cake. You giving me your your time and your attention for an hour. If you listen to this on two x speed, which is my preferred pace of listening to a podcast and for a half an hour. Uh, but uh, I, I appreciate you tuning in uh, a couple times a week, and for some of you doing that for better part of five years now five and a half years can't believe that we're, we're still going strong but uh i can also believe that there's no plans on slowing down so you keep listening i'll keep flapping my yap and uh and hopefully saying something worth listening to once in a while but until next time until i open the yap and start flapping again uh please be well please take care thanks again for listening and uh, we'll talk soon all right take care guys